0: Are you ready?
1: I'm ready.
0: Are you ready? I'm ready. Are you ready?
1: I'm ready.
0: (laughs) And do you remember the name of the show?
1: People to Pieces. There you go. Welcome to People to Pieces. My name is Laurie Jones.
0: And I'm Maurice Carver.
1: Join us while I school Maurice on the wisdom of the female mind.
0: Is that really what you wanted to say? (laughs) Is that really what you wanted to say? Because you know I'll keep that. <laughs> you know I will keep that. And I'll play that too. I'll play that. Well, Lori, <laughs> and, and Lori, you know, the, the, being fine in this world is really relative because it's it based off of really your experience in this world. And the, the problem I have with, with our experience in this technological world is that privacy seems to be totally erased and totally gone. And they've monetized it to the point that they're not going to stop. And one of the examples that I want to talk about is I want to talk about what was going on with um, Facebook and Twitter and Amazon. And, you know, Apple recently did something which one of the big companies that that is, is, has an issue with privacy. Um, they recently made a decision to change some of their software that they were using. And according to this uh, report that was in the Financial Times, Twitter, Snapchat, and YouTube lost nearly $10 billion in revenue in the second half of 2021. Apple was gonna give their users uh, the, the ability to opt out of uh, these tracking devices. And I know you're really big on that particular issue. What did you think about all of this?
1: Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting that people are fighting it from the standpoint of saying, "Well, you know, this we're losing money," because they're totally disregarding the whole idea of privacy and choice, and you know, all of the other things that are supposed to be important, which is your clients or your customers, the individuals. It's it's crazy now that we now have no choice in most of the technology you know, where they can track you, you know, they automatically put on, you know, Google tracking so they can track where you are or your GPS is automatically, you know, enabled. Or, you know, if you sign on to one site, it's like, do you want to sign on with Google, Facebook and all this stuff, which means that they're all connected. It's, you, know, you don't even have a choice. So the mere fact that Apple has decided to give people the choice is admirable. But the, the reason of, uh, you know, The other companies now complaining about it shows that they don't even care. (laughs) They don't care about the fact that we may have a problem with losing our privacy. We may have a problem of losing the ability to decide whether or not you can harass me with ads and track me, you know, everywhere I go online. And that's concerning.
0: Well, I mean, again, when we have these big corporations and they're providing us with service, the argument for them is that you're not paying for Instagram. You're not paying for um, uh, Snapchat. You're not paying for all of these different platforms that you're on. Uh, So on Facebook. So this is the way to be able to offset the cost to be able to maintain those sites and also provide a profit to those people that have invested in these companies. What do you say to that?
1: Well, I, I, I get that. And I understand that they have to make money. But at what point is it enough money? Because if they're making a profit and then they keep saying, oh, here's yet another way we can, you know, get rid of their privacy. Or even the thing that happened happened with uh, Windows 10, you know, we used to be able to say, oh, okay, well, I'll let you know when to update. You know, you can either update anytime um, you want or, or the program could update anytime you want. Or I'll tell you to update when, when I tell you know, give me a notification and I'll tell you when I want you to update. Or I never want you to update. I'll take my chances and I'll update. And then all of a sudden, Windows 10 comes out and says, you don't have a choice. (laughs) If you don't say yes, I'm going to do it the next time you sign on, you know, or or something of that nature. And at that point, I think that's where the issue is. At that point, there's a reason you're doing that. And it may be because, OK, I don't want you to be able to say no, I don't want you to harass me with more ads or no, I don't want you to do this as they reprogram the system. And and it's difficult. It's difficult for people to to wrestle with. I do want to use your service, and I want to patronize whatever it is. I'm willing to give up a little bit of my privacy, but now you're asking me to give
0: it all up. Well, Jones, let's let's be fair to the companies. Now, I mean, you know, did you read the agreement that you signed?
1: Yeah, the, <laughs> you mean the the twenty page agreement in fine print. <laughs> where yeah. it comes, it pops up and you, you you can barely read it. And when you can read it, you can barely understand what they're saying. I actually, one time I got one of those agreements um, from a banking institution and I can understand a few things. So, you know, detailed me, highlighted and, you know, printed out, highlighted and called the bank and said, okay, can you explain to me what this meant? The person you spoke to, oh, you have to speak to the IT department. And then they got the IT department. Oh, we don't know. That's the legal department. And so no one can even explain to you what you're signing and agreeing to, but you're supposed to agree to it. Otherwise, you can't do, use it anymore.
0: Well, the, the, the question has to be, you know, should we be blaming these companies for doing what they call business? Or should we be blaming the federal government? Now, just recently in 2020, uh, Facebook, which is now called Meta, was fined $650 million or actually they made a settlement for $650 million after it was sued for collecting and storing biometric data information without consent from users. And this was this was because of the state of Illinois. Illinois has a Biometric Information Privacy Act. But, but the problem I have, and we've discussed this previously, Jones, is that Europe seems to be more proactive when it comes to this particular situation in the United States. And so... Um, The European Union has what they call a Data Privacy and Protection uh, Act. And I want to share that information. The EU
1: General Data Protection Regulation, GDPR, which governs how personal data of individuals in the EU may be processed and transferred, went into effect on May 25th, 2018. GDPR is a comprehensive Privacy legislation that applies across sectors and to companies of all sizes. It replaces the Data Protection Directive 1995 46. The overall objectives of the measures are the same, laying down the rules for the protection of personal data and for the movement of data. GDPR is broad in scope and uses broad definitions. Personal data is any information that relates to an identified or identifiable living individual, meaning a data subject, such as a name, email address, tax ID number, online identifier, etc. Processing data includes actions such as collecting, recording, storing, and transferring data.
0: Thank you for reading that statement, Laurie, because you see how proactive the European Union has been pertaining to protecting people's basic information in terms of anything with any type of biometric identification and and, uh, not allowing them to sell that or use that in any such way. And and I think that that is where we're lacking in in the United States. And, you know, Facebook got people got pissed off at them because Facebook was using uh, facial recognition systems. And then they just recently had to remove that because they, of the uproar. And plus the whistleblower that came forward talking about how they're using their systems to promote disunity. And um, uh, and, and some people say dystopia.
1: Well, you know, kudos to that. Um, you said it was the state of Illinois that got the $650 yes. million. Yeah, Kudos to them because they're in the middle of our country then everybody else is doing the wrong thing, and they decided to do the right thing to follow the EU by making sure that people can feel comfortable with, you know, people they, with companies understanding that a, a certain level of privacy should be a given. And until they, you know, until other companies jump on board, you know, some of the stuff that Facebook is doing, it's it's not just too little too late. It's also it's it's also too little. Because, you know, they're going to say, okay, we're going to stop using your facial recognition. So, you know, when somebody posts a picture of you, it doesn't notify you or, or something of that nature. But then what are they going to take away once this whole metaverse starts? I remember us talking about games, you know, the, um, the uh, PlayStation and all those other games that had to, to body scan you in right. order for you to play the game you know, you had to recognize that, okay, I'm giving up a little bit of, of privacy in order to play this game. But at least if, at a certain point, you had a choice, you knew what was happening. With all these behind the scene things where you're just checking off a box, I agree, and you're agreeing to them to not only share your, We think about it, over these years, we've agreed for them, okay, you can share my information, you can let advertisers track us, you know, you can share my personal information because we had that thing with the, um, you know, people were using Fitbit and turned out that Fitbit was selling the information to other companies. And, you know, and then you have people who are checking off boxes, you know, when they go to the doctor and then finding out that you're giving permission for you to access my medical records for some study. You know, there's a whole bunch of things that are just, you know, the loss of privacy isn't just a minor thing, especially in an, in an era of um. Identity theft. All of a sudden, all of your information is everywhere. And if you talk about facial recognition, you talk about um, palm prints, and you know eye recognition. You know you can turn on your phone, or you can pay a bill. You know, uh, um, charge something with your your visual scan. All of these things are giving up a lot more information. Where it's only a matter of time before the hackers catch up with it, and you don't even realize that you didn't even have a choice.
0: You know, the thing that, again, one of the uh, people that are quote unquote, the watchdogs of this particular industry is saying that what's so frightening about the the, the meta aspect of it, the metadata using your personal um, hand or your eyes or any part of your body is that that doesn't change. With a credit card or with anything else, you certainly can always change a number. You can change certain things for your protection, but you can't change your face, at least not yet you can't change your face. And you know, why is that needed to be able to say that you can make a secure purchase? There are so many other different systems that are out here that are available that have been working and can work um, that we don't. But but I don't want my, my face and my name in, in the database to just purchase a bag of potato chips or soda.
1: Yeah. And, and, and like I said, it's only a matter of time before the, the hackers catch up with you know, whatever the technology that's supposed to be unbreakable and break it. You know, even this thing with the metaverse now, I, I had no idea it was as, as extensive as it was, but I saw a clip where they're talking about, oh, okay, so now you can be on metaverse and all you do is you put on your, your, your glasses and you can be at a concert with your friend, one of your best friends, with, where your avatars are talking to each other. And I'm thinking, Really? We've gotten to the point now where we're going to get enjoyment from, you know, having a headset on and making believe we're in another location. I guess probably the whole, you know, recent thing with the concerts to Stampede is trying to say, okay, let's scare people. Again, you know, the fair factor, let's scare people or companies into, okay, you might not need to have people, um, all those people there. Some of the people might be able to be there virtually, but- they're probably figuring out the way that they can make money behind the scenes, sort of like pay-per-view, you know, yeah. these people could be at the concert, but they only have to pay $150 instead of $200 for their ticket. And then we'll help you out.
0: Well, I, I, again, I, I wanted to myself, based on what you're talking about, what kind of quality of life do people really want to have? Do I want to have a real experience in life? Do I want a virtual life? And it seems like they're trying to tell people that, you know, the best way to, to live life is in this virtual reality. And, and, the, and the, thing that's, the thing that's so dis, distressing about that is that in the virtual reality, everything can be made to be perfect. So what is the difference between me living in the metaverse or living in the matrix? There is no difference. And guess what? We, you better hope there's a Neo, because when you get that deep into the system, there might not be a way to get out. Yeah, you better start looking for the red pill. <laughs> well, you're right about that. You're, you're definitely right about that. And I don't think people are seeing it. I mean, how many times do we have to look at books? How many times do we have to look at people that have imagined the worst from the Minority Report to you know 1984 to all these different systems are now in place to track you, to, to um, watch you? You know, I, I just want to talk about something real quick. I didn't mention to you, but it, it really annoyed me because I was looking at just, again, this whole issue of technology. And I'm not an anti-technologist person or whatever. I'm not a Luddite. I don't feel it. You know, that we need to go backwards. But I think that we need to slow down and take a, a quick look at things because we saw how out of control the Internet got. Right. When we didn't take the time to, to look at it and see the uh, how intricate it, could, it and the impact that it might have on our lives. Now, something different is is going on that most people don't know anything about. And what I'm talking about is Skylink. Now, most people don't know what you might not know what Skylink is or maybe a few people don't know. But Skylink is a technology that's been developed by Elon Musk. And it's a way to quote unquote to be able to provide um, Internet, you know, via the the satellite. The problem we have with that is Jones, he's putting up 42,000 satellites into outer space. 42,000 satellites. And because he has permission to do that, guess what? Other people are going to have the same permission. Now, when you walk outside your house, you you look up in the sky, you won't even be able to see a star. Because you're going to be looking at a satellite or something, or it'll be blocking your view. And then the question has to be, who has control of those satellites? Besides sending those signals for you to watch uh, your favorite Netflix show, what else is that information? What else is being collected? What else is being examined and looked at? Because we, they, people can tell you they can use a satellite and they can see a quarter in your hand or a penny, you know, so from outer space. So, it's again, it's a frightening thing. People, people are rushing into this, you know, to their own destruction.
1: And what's even more frightening is the fact that there's going to be an entire generation that doesn't realize how frightening this is. Because just like we talk about, you know, this texting generation, you know, they don't understand what they're losing in terms of face-to-face conversations or, you know, even phone. At this point, we settle for phone, phone conversations where you're actually hearing someone's voice back and forth they don't know that because they haven't experienced that. So what they, what's going on now is all they know. It's going to be the same situation as you lose, lose more and more privacy, because at that point you're thinking, well, I guess this is just the way it is. And that's not the way it's supposed to be. You know, it's funny, even and I'm curious as to what you think about this Maurice, but it's funny that they have started developing technology. I know you were talking about the, uh, um, the guys that are fed up with women and, and, are you know going their own way? Men going and, their own way, yes. Yeah, and they were fed up, and you're saying, "Oh, well, they have all these these um, only fan sites and stuff like that, where if they're fed up with women, they still can have access to women through." But it's it's interesting. I saw this thing one time where they were talking about that they were trying to develop, um, you know, I guess the the blow up dolls or whatever the case is, these automated dolls that are supposed to be able to read your emotions. So men really don't have to deal with women anymore. They have a
0: dog. <laughs> You're yeah. Supposed
1: to be able and, to train and, to read your emotions.
0: I and I and, I and I can guarantee you will be a there'll be a female the female and a male version of that. So you you'll be able to be able to access the same services the men be able to because we have to be equal, of course. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: But we we lose the fact that there's a human factor that cannot be. Mechanized, <laughs> you know, it's just all of a sudden everybody wants everything to be automated, you know. So if you're trying, I, I get if you're trying to program a machine to scan, you know, stuff on a supermarket um, supermarket shelf, or if you're getting a machine to have an automated, uh, what do you call it, uh, assembly line, things of like that. But once you start getting into, we're trying to figure out a machine that can mimic human interaction. You mean instead of human interaction? I mean, human interaction is supposed to be the goal, <laughs> not try to replace it.
0: Yeah, well, it, it made me think about um, what is that? Logan's Run, where, you know, people people had uh, interactions with other with, with computers and things to be able to, to meet those uh, basic uh, needs, as some people might call call it. But uh, but again, I mean, I, I think that we don't realize how deeply dependent we are in in terms of on technology. I was looking at a a U.S. military contract and I thought this was very important. The U.S. military contract that was using artificial intelligence to to actually analyze when these particular army vehicles would need maintenance. And they touted this thing and it's been put into effect, but there was a little uh, side note within the conversation that I think people overlooked. One of these uh, politicians that that, uh, was talking about this was saying because of the technology and and the ability to predict uh, behavior, that they can actually use the type of technology to predict behavior of individuals and humans. And so for example, it'd be like if they felt that there would be a protest or something might happen if if such and such a thing happened, that this would be able to predict that in advance and do like a preemptive strike or something like that. He didn't say preemptive strike. I'm using that as a term, but they'll be able to predict when things that might happen. And so here we go We're we're now we're into the area of minority report because you're looking at situations, you're looking at people and individuals and conditions and, and thinking that this will be the outcome and that you were preparing for, you know, a particular outcome that you believe might happen and it might not happen at all. You know, because you're not giving people the benefit of the doubt, because the machine can learn as much information as it wants, but it cannot predict what a person is going to do every time.
1: Yeah, and you can have that garbage in, garbage out mentality, because we've already talked about um, the fact that when they try to use the uh, the algorithms in court cases, you know they tried to have an algorithm to predict whether or not the judge should be sentencing a person with this and then they realized that if you put in um put in data that was racist that it was doing the same thing that the justice system is doing now where it's giving harsher sentences to people of color and it's it's predicting that this person's more likely to be a repeat offender based on the fact that they're of color or they're from a certain neighborhood or they're of a certain job as opposed to the people who actually would be more likely to be repeat offenders because they've been overlooked or they've been given a pass. So, you know, that's it's it's crazy that we're trying to rely on the machinery for accuracy. But what I think is even crazier is that we're slowly trying to eliminate the natural ability in individuals to develop their intelligence. You know, there always was always that saying about if you use if you don't use it, you lose it. Our brain is a part of that that whole concept. You're supposed to be able to use your brain to remember things. We memorized growing up, we memorized, you know, several numbers. You know, your best friends and your parents and your 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 aunts and your uncle, you memorized all these no numbers and now people can't remember one because they're so used to having a phone that all I have to do is hit contacts. And it's in there. there's a comedian that was making a joke saying, "You know, if I lose my phone, I can't call my father. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> so I mean we're, again, the the problem is not just it's not just privacy. It's not just that the technology can wind up making mistakes, but we're slowly eliminating the ability to use our own brain and our own um, faculties. because you know, you think about it, all these things that you that you were talking about in terms of predicting what might happen. There used to be a science about people with um, studying nonverbal communication, you know, body language. You know, you had to actually use your brain back in the whole Columbo days, you know, where Columbo figured out, you know, the crime just by interviewing somebody and asking a few questions. You know, you were using your mind and you were using your, your natural abilities. Now we're just trying to get further and further away from developing that.
0: I mean, one of the biggest films that are, that's out right now that a lot of young people are watching is Dune and Dune. If, if people actually read any of the books or they actually did a read a synopsis of it, talks about what happens when technology takes over and how the, uh, at a particular point technology was threatening the, the, the human race. And they eventually were, became subservient to technology and they actually had to destroy all of those computers and never allowed them to be built again. But people again can imagine the worst, but they don't want to do anything about resolving what is happening today. You see what's happening, you're being warned, you're being told, people are sounding the alarm, but it's like we're walking around here, and this is not this is not the story of Peter and the wolf, you know, because the wolf is at the dinner table with us. And speaking of dinner tables, I just wanna talk about something that, that um I think is important. They are predicting. That because there's a, a, a coal shortage in China, it threatens farmers in India and it also threatens truckers in South Korea. Now, you would say to yourself, why does that make any difference to me? Well, it makes a difference because Ch- the Chinese export a particular fertilizer. And they also export diesel fuel or a product that they helps to create diesel fuel. So South Korea, which we get a lot of our stuff from. You know, you know that uh, Samsung is the uh, along with TMSC, which is in Taiwan, produces the majority of chips that the whole, whole world uses. So they're having trouble getting those chips moved from one place to another. Or if India is having a problem feeding themselves or if there's not enough fertilizers out there uh, to be able to produce food. Like this one person said, I'm afraid we're going to have a food crisis. The energy crunch has made fertilizer too expensive to produce
1: yeah well, you know it 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 might be it might be forcing us to like we were just talking about forcing us to stop relying on computer chips and all that other stuff you know we, we might have reached a point where now you have to stop and think. You have to figure stuff out with your brain to figure out whether or not stuff is going to work in, in a different way or whether or not you can solve a problem in a different way in terms of, you know, not waiting for technology to solve it for you. And it would be unfortunate because there are so many repercussions to food shortages and and, and issues of that, that nature. But again, I think we've just gone so extreme. And... and the concern is also the fact that society has also said, well, even if we move towards technology to make these decisions or to decide sentencing or to decide whether or not, you know, uh, whatever, redistricting or whatever is supposed to go, even if we, we do that, society is also trying to put in that, that, that um, clause, the way that these, these um, agreements come in when you check off, yes, I agree, that says, okay, even if we mess up, it's not our fault, so it's
0: also removing personal responsibility. What I, I, wanted I to, what I'm wondering to myself is Jones is that you know um I was thinking about um George Washington Carver, for example, and the basic principles and things that farmers knew from back in the day in order to be able to you know rotate the, the rotate their crops to you know to to do natural things that help strengthen the soil and and provide it with nutrients. And then you you hear these people talking about, well, we're afraid that we're not going to be able to produce a quote unquote enough fertilizer to be able to produce uh, food. Now, we know for a fact that countries are hoarding food. The United States is one of them. We pay farmers not to produce, not to grow. And there's enough food that's available that should be able to satisfy every person on this on this planet. But we but that is there's a way to that they are well their philosophy, excuse me, their philosophy is that if we were to do that, then we would turn it into a socialist nation. And that we're not our brothers keepers. And we also, it's a capitalistic philosophy because if I'm giving something away, then it loses value. So if we hoard these things, and that's part of the philosophy of what's will be going on with these computer chips, because a lot of these companies had a, uh, the, the president of TSMC, which is in Taiwan, the large, one of the largest producers, of, again, of chips, said he produced a certain number of chips. And he said that it's impossible that, that, that it's impossible for them not to be hoarding these chips. So they are artificially inflated. So you can't get a you can't build a computer without it. You can't you can't build a microwave. You can't even build. Um, a, a automobile. Uh, I just said on another show, I mean, one of the most popular cars in the United States is the, is the, is the Ford F-150, and that can have between 500 to 5,000 chips in it. The average car has 3,000 computer chips in it. OK, so it's almost impossible. And I, and, I, and I think that we need to go back to some of the old ways and say that, hey, maybe I don't need to rely on a, a, a company producing some type of chemical to put in this, into the soil. Maybe there is another way, you know, maybe it's something, some other way we can go about doing this because they're complaining about if it's if to produce um, a particular amount costs this amount of money, then maybe we need to look at something else that makes sense. I mean, doesn't that make sense to you? Or, or slow down on, on
1: what you use the chips <laughs> for. I, I mean, I, I When you hear about cars nowadays, fine. Cars can now cars can park themselves. I never really understood why that was absolutely necessary because women drivers.
0: Women drivers. (laughs) You're
1: right. (laughs) Talk about a stereotype. (laughs) But you know, even situation like that now, the car is like okay. At first we have like lane control. If you start varying into another lane, it, it beeps or whatever. I remember even hearing a commercial that one time was talking about, now you no longer have to worry about your child, you know, texting, you know, being in danger. First of all, your child shouldn't be texting behind the wheel. So why are we making technology to supplement you not teaching your child not to be stupid? You know, that that kind of thing. And then now they have that, well, hey, and this car is supposed to detect if somebody's potentially drunk. And, you know, the car weaves in and out more than three or four times. The, the car now pulls the car over and turns off. Wow. Talk about it. I mean, it's a good thing if it's a drunk driver, but...